Happy Sabbath. A young lady in South Korea. These days, you have to clarify which Korea it is. So, a young lady from South Korea moved to Seoul because she wanted to marry a man from Seoul. Okay? She didn't want to marry any country boy. She wanted to marry a city boy. She, so she moved to Seoul, Korea. And she talked to her friend and said, Hey, um, how do I meet a man from Seoul? Um, she's already, she already moved to Seoul, Korea. Anyone she meets actually is Seoul, Seoul man. But she wanted to meet like real Seoul man, okay? And then one of her friends said, You know what? If you really want to meet a really good Seoul guy, then you have to go to nightclubs. Okay, if you go to nightclubs, you're going to meet good man from Seoul. I don't know what kind of man you're going to meet from nightclubs, right? Obviously, these are not Adventists. Anyway, they decide that, oh, you know what? So in order for us to meet a guy from so, so I have to go to nightclub. So they talked to some friends, and one of the friends said, you know what, you should try this nightclub because this nightclub gets all the good guys from Seoul, okay? And if you go there, there's a van that comes and picks you up, so you get a free ride too. So they're like, oh, this is a great idea. So they arranged it, and these two friends together, they all uh, did their nice clothes and did their makeup. They're ready to go party and meet some good sour man, right? By the way, I don't want you to judge me. Not yet. This is a really good story. I'm not promoting any parties or any, you know, I don't want you to meet anyone from nightclubs, okay? Anyway, so they get ready, and they're all looking good for this nightclubbing and meet some good man and the van actually comes and the van picks them up and the driver is like really nice really friendly like oh you know talking to them like really nice and they're all excited and then the guy says oh, I need to actually um, pick up some other people on the way so just wait a little bit and then the guy was driving around and he started picking up people except the people that he started picking up were all harmonies. Okay, they're all old, like old grandma and grandma, you know, all grandmas actually. So these two young girls are like, hey, what kind of nightclub is this? You know, they're kind of scared a little bit. Finally, they got to the nightclub Except when they got to the nightclub, they realized that they did not arrive at nightclub at all. Guess what? It was a church. It was a church band going around, picking up people and picked up all the harmonies and they also picked up these two girls. But the story does not end there. Because they came with the, these old ladies, they made them go into the church and they had to go to worship. And guess what? From that church, she met a soul man and they got married. Amen? 
You know, sometimes in life, sometimes in life, things don't turn out as you expected them to be. You know what I mean? I mean, this happens a lot um, in, in life. Uh, you take a test and you feel great about the test, and then you get the result, and you bombed it. You know what I mean? That happened to me a lot. <laughs> but sometimes you take a test and you didn't expect the result to be so good, but you did really well. That happened to my wife a lot. <laughs> sometimes things are a lot worse than you think. But you know what, Loma Linda Church? Sometimes things are way better than you have ever imagined. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful weather and this beautiful church and beautiful people. Now, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. As you know, we are in a series, series on Elijah, a man of God. And today we'll study 1 Kings chapter 19, okay? 1 Kings chapter 19. It's a long chapter, so we're not going to read the whole thing. But let me tell you something, Loma, in the church. Every week, about Wednesday or Thursday, you get an email, or we post it on Facebook, what chapter we're going to study, what chapter I'm going to preach on. Guess why we do that? Can you take a guess? We do that so that you can maybe, you can maybe read it before you come to church. So if you read it, then it's going to be very easy for you to follow along. So please, if you can, usually it likes like four verses. Please read it before you come. Today is a whole chapter. Um, so what happens in chapter 19 is Elijah receives a message, right? Uh, this is right after the huge victory from the Mount Carmel. Uh, Elijah just became the new sensation in Israel. A ton of people saw the fire coming down from heaven. They just slaughtered a bunch of priests and priestesses of Baal. So this was a great day for Elijah. So this is a day after, okay? The day after. Then the next day, Elijah received a message from the queen, the infamous Queen Jezebel. I'll tell you what the message did not say. It didn't say, Oh, praise your God of Israel, your God of Elijah. Um, you brought the rain down. Praise be to your God. That wasn't the message. Okay? Not even close. The message said, Elijah, I will kill you. Okay, when I was in third grade, I got into an argument with one of my friends. And we were like arguing about it, and he got really upset, and I said something, and then he's like, see you after school. He said it just like that, see you after school. And when he said that, I was like, <gasps> like all day long, I was like, what's going to happen after school? Like, I couldn't even eat my lunch. 
Every day I go to school, I really enjoy my lunch. I, that day I couldn't even enjoy my lunch, okay? I was thinking about what's going to happen. Am I going to have to fight this guy? If I fight the guy, do I hit first? Is he gonna hit, am I going to wrestle him down? The whole day I was thinking about just imagining what would happen after school. Guess what happened after school? He forgot what happened and he went home. <laughs> and I went home. Nothing happened. Well, the case was completely different. This was not a some guy in your class saying, see you after school. This was the infamous Jezebel who has been killing all God's prophets and God's people. And just maybe, maybe Elijah expected, oh, after the fire came down, maybe King Ahab and, and maybe Jezebel will change their mind. Maybe they will turn to God because now the rain has come back. But no. The message he got was, Elijah, I'm going to kill you. By this time tomorrow, I will have you killed. You know how Elijah reacted to Jezebel's death threat? And I find this very interesting. I will tell you what Elijah did not do. He did not face the fear with faith. He didn't stand his ground. Not this time. You know what he did? Elijah ran away. In fact, the Bible says he was afraid and he ran for his life. He ran all the way down to Beersheba. Let me, let me show you the picture um, of, of um, Israel, okay? Let me show you what Elijah did. Can you show the picture, please? Can you see that? Oh, man. Okay, this is the blue part is kingdom of Israel, okay? They were probably in Samaria area. And Elijah ran from all the way down to, do you see the lowest part of Judah? There's a little city there. What's, what is it called? That city is called Beersheba, right? So Elijah ran clear across two different nations and all the way down to the lowest city of southern Judah. Okay? Finally, he arrives, he finds some tree, and under the tree, he finally sits down. He goes, Ah, oh, God, I can't do this anymore. He was finally taking a breather under a tree, and he goes, God, I cannot do this anymore. I'm all alone. Then he lay down under the bush, and he fell asleep. You know, we may think that, um, Elijah, aren't you being a little too dramatic here? Huh? Come on. You stood alone in front of King Ahab before you brought fire down from heaven. Where is your courage now? Right? Loma Linda Church, we, we, we know this. Um, we, we know this. Not everyone is perfect. In fact, nobody is perfect. Not even the prophet 
who was taken up to heaven alive. That's going to happen later. Elijah was a heroic prophet, no doubt. He was a man of courage. No question about that. He was indeed a man of God. But Loma Linda Church, he was also a man. He was human. Elijah was a human being subject to the human condition as we all are. In today's chapter, he suffered discouragement, despondency, and listen to this, depression. He couldn't shake it. Some theologians will tell you that he wasn't just discouraged. Elijah was depressed, okay? Moreover, he wasn't just depressed. He was suicidal. Elijah may have been suicidal. Elijah said, God, kill me now. Let me die now. I cannot handle this anymore. Let me die now. Okay? I can't go on anymore. I don't have the strength nor the desire to continue. Have you ever felt that way in your life? Well, you're not alone. Actually, Elijah was not alone. Moses was so discouraged that he has got to take his life. Okay? Jonah did as well. Apostle Paul despaired of life at a certain point in his ministry. You know how many times I've thought about stopping ministry to something else? I actually thought about quitting ministry and work at Barnes & Noble. I'm not even kidding. You know how many times? Guess how many times? Thousands of times. Okay, thousands of times. I thought about, forget this, I'm going to go work at Barnes & Noble. I'll be happier there. I'm not kidding. So I understand what Elijah is talking about. I understand what Moses is talking about. I, li- I understand Jonah. I understand Apostle Paul. All of them. Even a woman or a man of God can fail. Though you may have experienced a victory in the past, though you may have been faithful and successful in the past, we may get dropped into the throes of discouragement, total despair, and yes, even depression. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad this chapter deals with this reality of life. It paints the reality of human weakness and frailty. Remember, um, several months ago, I talked about the iGen, the I generation, but apparently now some socialists are, sociologists are calling them um, Generation Z, okay? Generation Z. Um, there are a lot of behaviors that people have been studying, but some of the things that they found was that this is the social media, the, the iPhone generation, right? So what happened is um, this new generation, um, they get driver's license late, some wait until they're like 20. When I was a teenager, we're like, when I turn 16, I'm going to start driving. The kids these days, no. No, they don't, they don't care. Okay? 
And a lot of times, teenagers used to go out and have fun with their friends all the time, but the new generation, no. They don't go out, they don't have to go out to have fun because all their phone, all their phone is in the phone. You know what I mean? Right? A lot of virtual relationships and all the fun they want, all the freedom they want, they can get it from their social media. So what happened? Some good things happened. Like the teenagers having sex went down. Teen pregnancy went down significantly for the last 10 years. But guess what? But guess what? The teen the teen depression rate and teen depression rate and suicidal rate skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. The mental mental health issues for teenagers way higher we're like well i'm not the new generation you know i i'm okay but you know that's not true you know that we can get discouraged we can get physically exhausted and emotionally spent we can become lonely and we can get lost. But look at this. Look at how, look how God helps Elijah. So God sends an angel, touched him, and said, hey, get up. Get up and eat. Very gently, God actually comes, sends an angel, and touch, God touches him and says, get up and eat. You see, that's how my wife wakes up the girls, our kids. She goes, girls, wake up. When I wake them up, get up now! You're going to be late. So God didn't do it like that. Like, God was not like me at all here, okay? God was more like my wife, Amy. Get up. Eat. Look at verse 6. He looked around. And there by his head, this is verse 6, by the way, was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. So an angel made a little outdoor kitchen, okay? And there was like a little freshly baked bread, nice and warm still. He ate it, drank water, and he went back to sleep. This actually happens twice, right? And I, I love this because um, it's so awesome. There was no lecture. There, there was no rebuke. There's no blame. I'm so glad God was not like me at all. It's like, get up! You're supposed to be a prophet. What are you doing? You should be ashamed of yourself. But we don't see that at all. None of that. Angel said it here, eat and drink. Then the angel of the Lord did it twice, and then, and then what happens is the angel of the Lord actually leads him to Mount Horeb. Okay? Mount Horeb um, is where Moses received the Ten Commandments. So 
because of that, because of the interaction with God, people call Mount Horeb the Mount of God or Mount of Yahweh. Okay? In Mount Horeb, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Okay? And then God goes, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah replied to God, God, I've been serving you um, all this time, but all the people who served you, they got killed. Okay? Everyone rejected you, and everyone got killed, and I'm the only one. I'm the only one left. Now, turn with me to today's main passage, okay? Verse 11. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. I'm going to have to pause right there. Um, I've heard it before. Have you heard it before? Right? God passing by. Does, doesn't that sound familiar? Lomar in the church, another name for Mount Horeb is actually Mount Sinai. Okay? The mountain of God. In the Old Testament, God told Moses to stand on the rock in the presence of the Lord as his glory passed by. Okay? Same word, glory of God, passing by. God passing by. This is actually crazy because Elijah slept in a cave, the Bible says. And the cave is actually a very generic word. But if you think about it, if the cave is not that deep, guess what it is? It's just a between the rocks. Okay? Okay? So this cave that Elijah slept in could be like a little place between the rocks or a cleft of the rock. Some commentators actually said that this is the same exact spot where Moses saw the glory of God pass by. And here, God brings Elijah back to the same spot. Same spot that he used centuries ago for Moses. I'm moving on right here. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Verse 12, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. God's presence was not in wind or earthquake or fire. His voice came in the gentle breeze. Now, Lomar in the church, does God ever appear in fire? Yes, he does. Burning bush, right? Does God ever appear in earthquake? How about wind? Absolutely, he does. Okay? But what is God doing here? What we see is at least here in in the case of Elijah, God's presence was not in the wind or, or the earthquake nor the fire. We see God 
communicating with Elijah on a personal level, revealing himself in the way Elijah would understand in this situation, in the, the emotional state that, he, that Elijah was in. I find this incredible. You know why? I love the way God dealt with Elijah in this passage. Self-pity and resentment, if you think about it, self-pity and resentment can feel like the strong wind sometimes in our lives. Loneliness, discouragement, and failures can shake us like the earthquake. Despair and depression can engulf us like the fire. But the voice of God was in the gentle breeze in this case. Elijah found the voice of God in the still small voice, the King James calls it, the still small voice. So Lomar in the church, pay no attention to the wind. I know the wind is loud, okay? Turn your ears away from the earthquake and no, do not fear the fire. But listen to the voice of God in the gentle breeze, in the gentle whisper. God knew how to deal with Elijah in this particular situation. God knew exactly what Elijah needed. Yes, God uses fire. He uses earthquake and he does use wind. But God uses the gentle breeze as well. We see God of counselor. We see God of God the therapist. We see the God of gentle breeze. Loma Linda Church, are you heavily burdened? Are you discouraged and exhausted? Are you depressed? Do you realize that in Loma Linda Church, March and April are depressing months? Did you know that? A lot of students are like, I don't know if I'm going to pass or not. I'm going to, you know. It's a very difficult time for a lot of students that are getting ready for the boards. You can't, things can be depressive. De- depressive? Is that a word? Depressing. But we have this God who, who gives us rest, who feeds us, who helps us to gain back our strength and speaks to us in gentle breeze. God wants us to be healed. You know what God tells Elijah in his gentle breeze? This is, this is amazing, actually. Check this out, everyone. Elijah is like, God, I feel so exhausted. I've been working for you for a long time, and everyone's gone. They all got killed. I'm the only one. I'm the only one left. I'm all alone. You know what God tells Elijah in the small, still voice? He says, okay. Okay, Elijah. But listen. God says, you are not alone. Elijah's like, no, no, everyone got killed. I'm the only one left. God says, no, 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 Elijah. 
You're not alone. I've saved 7,000 people who have not bowed down to Baal. And then God goes, go anoint Jehu. and Go, go prepare Elisha and anoint him as a prophet. I have reserved 7,000 people who have not bowed down to Baal. The dark days of Israel, when Elijah thought, I'm the only one who's just staying faithful to God and everyone else is killed. I'm all alone. God says, no, you're mistaken. I've reserved 7,000 people. That's not what Elijah thought. That's not what Elijah expected. He was so lonely. He was so depressed because he thought he was all alone. And God says, guess what, Elijah? Things are not as bad as you think they are. You know, when you're going through a hard time, when you're experiencing pain, you feel like I'm all alone and the things are just terrible around us. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Do not listen to that kind of earthquake. Do not listen to the sound of the wind. Do not get engulfed by that fire. Things actually may be better than you imagine. Do you know who Esther Lebeka is? Oh my goodness, I love this story. Okay, you have to listen to this. Esther Lebeka is ranked number one in downhill snowboarding. She's from Czech Republic, okay? Czech Republic got two gold medals, and two of them are from Esther Lebeka, okay? So this is Esther Lebeka. Show this the first picture, please. So she was the favorite. No. Oh, there you go. No, 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 no. Go back. Go. Oh, no, you, you ruined it. Okay. <laughs> Listen. This is Esther Lebeka, and she was the favorite to win the snowboard. Okay? But she was ranked like 25th or 26th for downhill skiing. She did not expect to win at all. Okay? So she went there and she skied. But she had to get ready for her snowboarding because her snowboarding is her thing, right? Number one, rank number one. She was a favorite to win. But guess what? In the end, Esther Ledeca won. And they were interviewing her. They're like, hey, we, we didn't expect you to win at all. And then you know what she said? She's like, I don't know what happened. I didn't think I was going to win. And during the interview, she actually had her goggles on. And they're like, Rebecca, why are you wearing goggles? And she said, oh, because I didn't think I was going to win. I didn't wear any makeup. <laughs> That's the next picture. Go ahead, show. That's the picture. She's like, ah, uh, I'm not wearing any makeup, so I'm going to keep my goggles on. <laughs> you know, sometimes things are, things can be worse than you think. It is true. But a lot of times, Loma in the church, things are way better than you have ever imagined. The reality is actually a lot better than you think. I know sometimes it seems as if the whole world is turning evil. 
right? When we look at the news, it's terrible. It feels like the whole nation, our country, is going down the drain. It feels like my, my life is turning upside down. Going, things are going crazy. Do not listen to the storms of your life. Don't look at the earthquakes of your life. Do not be hindered by the fire of your life. Listen to the gentle voice of God. Listen to the gentle breeze, the still, small voice of God. Lomar in the church, look, look up. Look up to the Lord who can deliver us from our depression and heal us. Look up to the Lord who can give us rest and, and give us daily bread. Look up and listen to the Lord who gently speaks to us. Look up and give thanks to the Lord who will rescue us from our self-pity and resentment. Elijah had imagined the worst. He assumed the worst. But the reality was way better than his imagination, his assumption, and his expectation. It was a lot better. Let us pray. Our Father of encouragement. Father, we get discouraged. We get devastated in our lives. And we feel this pain and we feel like the whole world is going down the drain. And I, sometimes we feel all alone, feeling this pain. But Lord, help us to completely ignore the earthquake, the, the wind, and the fire of our lives. Help us to listen carefully to the gentle whisper of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Let's all stand for our offertory. How wonderful. How wonderful.
chains are gone. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. My chains are Take 